Your source for community, Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. This is Sweet Spots on Muskoka Magazine. Welcome to Sweet Spots on Muskoka Magazine, where passions, purpose, and pursuits collide. I'm Sue Kelly, and for the next 30 minutes, I'll be shining a spotlight on someone who has created their unique sweet spot in life. This broadcast today is coming to you from the Huntsville, the main studio for Hunters Bay Radio. Um, I'm not usually, um, I usually am at Sawdust City Brewery, but today I've got a very special guest from across Canada, who's coming to us from Edmonton, Alberta. So um, hence, I had to be at the main studio. So welcome, everyone. My guest today is Dr. Kim Fraser, who is uh, an old friend of mine from my days at We Care Health Services. Kim is the author of The Accidental Caregiver, Wisdom and Guidance for the Unexpected Changes of Family Caregiving. Welcome to the show, Kim. Thanks, Sue. I'm excited to be here. It is wonderful after all these years to be uh, interviewing you. I'm so proud of you for launching this wonderful book. Um, As you know, you know, it's estimated that almost half of the adult population will someday be a caregiver, whether for an aging parent, an ailing partner, or a disabled family member. So it is a role that tends to fall on people without warning and almost certainly without preparation and no training. Absolutely. Uh, And that's what, of course, we used to do when we were in home care. Um, But now you put it all into a book and I'm um, thrilled for you. So, Kim, my first question always is, so what's your sweet spot in life? Yes. Well, having a little bit of uh, sense uh, that you're going to ask me that because I know you ask all your guests. Um, I think really it's my family. It is family and family and travel. We do a lot together. And, you know, in spite of the ups and downs with family and different personalities, it's my family that I always go back to. It's my joy and everything I do, I guess, goes back to that. I trump them over almost everything. So that has to be my sweet spot. Well, I, I get it. And I following you on Facebook, I could see that your family, your sisters, your mm-hmm. son and husband, I mean, a great deal to you. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's um, you touch on that in your book. Mm hmm. And so let's get right in into it. So how did the accidental caregiver begin? Hmm. Well, my nursing career fell into, I didn't say fall into, but my whole nursing career was in community, um, started with underserved populations in Canada's north. Um, But when I went into nursing school, my dad was diagnosed with MS. I was 18, the youngest was 10, and there was two in the middle. So my parents were relatively young. Dad was 43 and mom was 41. And in retrospect, the whole trajectory of of dad's condition and mom having to retire from her nursing career to look after him at home and the way our whole family was situated uh, to support mom and dad and all the trips home over the years, uh, having 
ended up with a nursing career that took me 3,000 miles from Nova Scotia, whereas, which is where I'm from. Um, yeah, I just naturally um, was drawn to helping people in the community and then into home care. Then later, um, as an administrator, like you said, we were both in We Care Health Services together, you at corporate office, myself out here uh, with my husband um, owning the Edmonton location. Um, and then just working with a lot of family caregivers. And one of the first things I did to give back when we started We Care, my husband reminded me of this last night, was start um, a support group for the sandwich generation. So this was in the very early 90s, 91, 92, when um, that coin was used an awful lot. And we still use it today. But it basically are those of us with older uh, parents or relatives needing some supports and young children and careers. And here we are in the middle trying to manage lots of things. Now, I was not my mom's or my dad's primary caregiver. I'm very quick to say that that's my mother's title, but I was a supporter of caregivers. And so when we think of the accidental caregiver and people falling into this role, they need a lot of support around them. And and part of that, it's not just outside supports, but it's the rest of the family. What are you doing to support that person? Because they need to be sustained for maybe it's a couple of months. And in our case, it was 21 years. And that's not unusual. So I think I just was drawn to this area. Then later do, have done a lot of policy work in this area and ended up um at the U of A as a nursing professor and my whole research career and my research program, I was well-funded and it was all around home care case management, deciding who gets what. So resource allocation in home care. And you can't study that area without considering the family caregiver, yet they're often an invisible part of the system, the team, the supports that surround someone with a life-limiting condition, um, an infirmity, um, cancer, chronic diseases, many of them, multiple chronic diseases, or or a child with with um, lots of medical challenges. So I just ended up in this area, bringing me full circle back to where I started in my first year of nursing school with dad's diagnosis. And he had chronic or uh, primary progressive MS, which is relatively uh, fast progressing. He retired and was, you know, semi-mobile with either walking sticks or his wheelchair within about five years of his diagnosis. And whereas a lot of people with MS, they have reason to have a lot of hope because now we have just so many more treatments. And it, uh, uh, another common form of MS is exacerbating remitting. So um, just because my family experienced what primary progressive MS offers you. Not everyone with MS uh, has the same trajectory. And that's true of a lot of family caregivers and families. We're all as unique as each individual in the family and our strengths are unique, our needs are unique. And I think that um, what I've done with my book, I hope is illustrate different trajectories and different scenarios so that anybody could see their self in, in bits and pieces of, of this book, but we're all unique. Well, this sets up very nicely for my next question, Kim. Um, what you're describing is a new normal for families 
and each one is unique. And I love the word accidental in your title. Nobody pursues this. No one seeks it. But um, there you are. So maybe um, you could describe for us what the new normal is for some families. Sure. Um, That came out of that concept came out of some of the research that I did. I interviewed over 75 family caregivers intentionally, and that was kind of through my research program, either in partnership with other research or my own studies. Um, But I talked to and dealt with and supported thousands more over my 40 year uh, span of being a nurse. And people do fall into the role of of supporting another. Um, Sometimes it comes sooner than later. And so accidental, typically the way I'm using it is kind of by chance without intention. And this new normal Normal is a funny word, and it's usual. We have a usual way of being. And when we're faced with a a change that family caregiving brings to a family, we need, as we change and adjust, very different, unusual, unexpected circumstances become normal for us. And so we have to learn how to integrate that into our life. And when we integrate things and patterns into our daily life, it does become our new normal. And what we knew before will never be again. So it's not necessarily that it's all bad or all horrible, but it's our new normal. And and I believe we have to normalize what happens within all families if we're going to get through this um, tsunami of of changing demographics, the reversed um, the reversed uh, flipped upside down triangle, uh, I'm probably what the youngest of the baby boomers, and so when we think of of all of the older people that are going to be in society, we don't have um, the volume of young people. We are never going to see the largest number of people in the world being in that young, young that we saw post-war. So Mm -hmm. we have new normals within families and we've got a new normal in the world. We're always changing and adjusting. And so I don't want to say it's all bad, but we just have to find a new way of being. And, you know, I've always had the utmost respect for family caregivers who are with their loved ones Mm 24-7. Not all are are there around the clock, but many are. And it can be Mm -hmm. relentless. Mm -hmm. Um, particularly if you're feeling alone, Mm -hmm. but the term resilience comes to mind. And sometimes you don't know the strength you've got. Mm -hmm. So could you tell us about that, Kim? Yeah, I think resilience is one of those qualities that we don't really think about it intentionally or consciously that we possess it. But when you start to talk to family caregivers, you do quickly realize that they are resilient. And the ones that aren't, because we all don't have that as one of our strengths, but we learn to be resilient. So you can learn to be, and you can do things in your life to become more resilient. So you can cope with those changes over and over again. And so I do see resilience in lots of family caregivers, even those that might describe themselves as not coping very well. Um, And they're resilient because they do have to wake up every day, especially those in that intimate family caregiving role, where they might either live with the person they're caring for, if it's a spouse, or perhaps they moved a parent into their home, or it might be a child with multiple needs. Um, 
you know, and I and I think those skills of resilience are really important to talk about and to remind people that you are resilient. It's almost um, uh, it, it's self fulfilling. It's perpetual. So when you start to acknowledge that in yourself, you can begin to feed yourself and think about. And I like to help people think about what do they need to maintain their balance and their resilience. And so um, I think about this a lot and I'll take a little bit of a, a breather while I collect my thoughts. Well, you know what, Kim, um, I think this is a good spot to take a quick break. OK, and I want to come back to that with another question that follows up on that. We've been talking with Dr. Kim Fraser, the author of The Accidental Caregiver, uh, Wisdom and Guidance for the Unexpected Changes of Family Caregiving. Uh, I'm Sue Kelly, and you're listening to Sweet Spots on Muskoka Magazine. By Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental, and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine. This is Sweet Spots on Muskoka Magazine. Welcome back to Sweet Spots. I'm Sue Kelly, and my guest today is Kim Fraser, all the way from Edmonton, who is the author of The Accidental Caregiver, Wisdom and Guidance for the Unexpected Changes of Family Caregiving. And Kim and I go way back to... Um, working for We Care Health Services. And so I'm so delighted to have her on the show today. So prior to going to break, we were talking about resilience. And you know, Kim, I recall when we were working uh, together that we created this little booklet for family caregivers called Keep Going. And I remember the three R's of family caregiving. Number one, respect for yourself. Number two, respite. And number three, realistic expectations. So could you shed some light on this to helping people be more resilient? Sure. Um, and I think that's a, an underlying message in my whole book. My book it, it, of the various chapters and things we talk about, I think there's tools and tips in there to help any caregiver be more resilient. We're not resilient perhaps every day, every moment, but if overall we're resilient and we have that balance and we can manage and cope, then that's a good thing. And so in spite of everything, regardless of the circumstances, difficulty or challenges, a caregiver must find a way to keep going with some semblance of themselves. Uh, I think you called it respect for self. I call it personhood and a notion of personhood and a sense of agency. Oh, excellent. I like that personhood. Yeah, you you've got to be yeah, your own person first. Absolutely. And know your balance, um, what you need to maintain balance every day and know your boundaries. And so a big part of that is being able to communicate effectively. And if any place family caregivers need help, they need information so they can make informed decisions. Yes. And they need support with communicating. That's so difficult. Think of yourself in a difficult situation um, and you have to broach a topic with someone. So we need to facilitate effective communication between the family caregiver and the health team that they're working with, individuals, and also between the family caregiver and the person they're caring for so that we can manage yes. things like grief, guilt, all of those feelings that they experience. And so personhood or that sense of agency is key to healthy coping. And so I think a lot of this mm -hmm. healthy coping, that's what it is, knowing that you've got the tools. And, you know, we talk about holistic um, care. 
And you think of the physical, the spiritual, the mental health, but who thinks of informational needs? Exactly. I mean, that's key. That allays your anxiety right there, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, yeah, getting that right information and the notion of respite. Respite isn't, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of things. It might be in the home. It might be out of home. It might be big and small. And I remember one of uh, the women in my book told me, you know, my respite is having my little dog on my lap and a cup of tea. And that resonated <laughs> with me because that's yes. all, she, family caregivers aren't asking for much. And I'm not saying the health system is ever going to be able to uh, put back in the $8 billion across Canada minimally. Our, that might even be an Alberta statistic now that I think about it. But it's a staggering amount of money that family caregivers contribute to the health system, delivering care to their loved ones. Oh, yes. And if we had to replace that, it's it's irreplaceable. So I'm not suggesting that we can as a society, but I am suggesting we need to find ways to help family caregivers cope, to support them so they can keep on in their roles and they're in a valued and respectful manner. And so I am so anxious for our listeners to get your book into their hands. How can people purchase your book, Kim? Well, it should be in any major bookstore. It will be. They can go on to, even if you put in your search engine, uh, Sutherland House, The Accidental Caregiver, Sutherland House out of Toronto is my publisher. And my book will come up and there's pre-sales available, but it will be um, online and Indigo, Amazon, but your independent bookstore, shop local, ask your bookstore to carry The Accidental Caregiver, just recently out by Sutherland House. Our release is targeted for October 5th, but I hope to have some in my hands by the end of September. So you can get it anywhere that you would buy any other book and your library. Libraries are carrying them uh, as well. And so ask your library. And you can, you can ask your library to include that in their next round of purchases. I'm mm -hmm. sure it's going to be used um, over and over again um, as people, you know, search for a reliable uh, accurate and helpful information that helps them on this caregiving journey. And so, Kim, that draws us to a conclusion. Hasn't it gone by quickly? It does. Um, thank you so much for sharing your passion and your compassion with us in this wonderful new book called The Accidental Caregiver. Um, I hope today's show hit your sweet spot. Join me on another Sunday morning at eight o'clock for an episode or go online and just look for the podcasts. We are Muskoka on the Bay, CKAR 88.7 on your FM dial.